Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I am your host, Corey Deergan. Alongside me, as always, is the Jotun Toten vault dwelling, flawless uh, haunted lost sector dominator himself, Josh Finney. That that went a little downhill after flawless. You know what? It did. You know, I was trying to come up with something cool for Halloween, and I almost said candy bacon. Or cookie baking, but I was like, "That's not right." And no, then, no, co- cookie baking is. Uh, I could have said five weeks. I could have said candy collecting. That would have been better. Hmm. It's true. It's true. Hmm. Climb your tree to get your. Candy. Climb that tree. You know. Uh, I I finished my stuff out last week. Uh, Colonel Panic and I finished up stuff, and we were both like, "All right, guess we're done for a few weeks." Hmm. And that was that was about where the conversation left off. Yeah. So. I uh yeah it it's been uh, it's been a slow week just like kind of in general like I, I've had some personal stuff going on but uh nothing like major I'm just not sleeping well right now hmm. like I'm I'm probably gonna go to bed very very early tonight uh but on the flip side that has allowed me to get caught up on like everything that I was behind on like hmm. namely fun stuff I've fun watched stuff. so much HBO in the last like week because I haven't been able to sleep much at night. Hmm. And I wa- I've watched Dune twice. Ooh, it's incredible. I mentioned last week when we were getting ready to wrap this up that I needed to go because I was going to go watch Dune from the comfort of my recliner. I did. It was amazing. It's my favorite movie of the year. And then I turned right around and watched it again at like 3 a.m. the other day because I remembered it was still on HBO. <laughs> nice. Is it still on HBO? It is still on HBO. It will be there for 30 days. Hmm. I guess I should probably watch it. 21 at the time it. of this podcast releasing. I guess I should probably watch it, huh? It's very good. It, it's, it only covers the first half right. of the Dune novel, but I think it leaves off at a really, really good place. Like The last time that a fantasy world like enamored me this much on camera, like our introduction to this world, was Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. and I was nine when I saw that. Hmm. So... Yeah, this is this is pretty big. Like, this is the coolest thing I've seen on camera since I was nine years old in terms of creating a brand new world um, or cool. adapting a world, I guess I should say. Like, Harry Potter never really grabbed me like that. Mm-hmm. I liked Harry Potter, but like, okay, we've been to Hogwarts. The charm kind of wore off like five minutes in. Like, right. Hogwarts got better as the movies went on, I felt like, until you hit like Goblet of Fire, like Prisoner of Azkaban territory. That was like peak Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks in Sorcerer's Stone, so it's like, oh, well, awesome. Oscar Isaac has an awesome beard. Josh Brolin has a great beard. Jason Momoa, say it with me, has a great fucking beard. Well, I mean. Ba- Babyface Timothy Chalamet, man. Dude, you, you gotta you gotta grow some you gotta grow some scruff. He's got some, some sharp cheekbones. He modded Xbox 360 controllers on a secret YouTube I, channel as a teenager. I saw that. <laughs> that is fantastic. I, I really, like, when I saw that, I really wanted to just tweet him and be like, bro, how much to commission you to make me a custom, like, Cade 6 Xbox Series X controller? Hmm. Like, I'll, I'll provide the controller, pay for the shipping, pay for the artwork, everything. Like, just... How much would it cost you in your extremely busy life now? Can you take time out of playing Willy Wonka to make me a controller? 
Oh yeah, he is Willy Wonka, isn't he? I, I, I host an extremely niche podcast for a niche video game online. Will you please make me a custom <laughs> controller for said niche podcast of niche game? Please. Thank please. you. Respectfully. <laughs> also, if Zendaya could like record like a 30-second video to us, that'd be great too. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great too. You know. Can Jason Momoa as Duncan Idaho do the our podcast from now on yeah could you ask him to do that for me we're gonna we're gonna do a dune mini series and and each cast member is just gonna be a guest host with josh for the next six weeks so god dude okay listen like in the realm of things that would only maybe not even happen like in my wildest dreams that's just i i don't think i could even function i'd be like holy fucking shit like (laughs) it's jason momoa like (sighs) Listen, man, I know I've made fun of you for, like, the last eight years of my life, but you finally had a role where I'm not going to make fun of you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I've made fun of Aquaman. I made fun of that stupid Apple TV show that you're on. Oh, the one that looks like... fucking great Duncan Idaho. (laughs) You're pretty much exactly what I imagined reading the book. It was pretty great. (laughs) Oh... That's funny. Oh, dude, it's 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 just so great. Like, it, it, oh. it is it is a movie that I think if you like sci-fi, like if you're listening to this podcast, your chances are like ten out of ten times you're gonna love Dune. Okay, because you're gonna be like, ah, yes, desert planet, not a lot of NPCs around, explosions. I like it. <clears throat> There's some space space magic going on. <laughs> you love it. I... You, 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 you gotta love it. You gotta love it. They're doing an HBO series now. Part two has been greenlit. Part three may not be far off. Oh, I'm jacked. I'm jacked, Corey. I, I see this. I see that you are... Uh, Woo! I see that you're very excited about this movie. Then I guess I should probably be watching it. I, sh- I should just watch it, I guess. I've, I've watched Dune twice. We had the Halo campaign reveal bright and early on a Monday morning that they told us about during Sunday night football. And I'm just like, oh, I guess I'm getting up early tomorrow. Surprise. Surprise. Craig has like the best glow up of anybody I've ever seen in a game. That's true. I saw that. I saw that. I was like, hmm. Maybe this this game will be all right. Yeah, I've never I I've maintained for like the last sixteen months, like I don't think it looked as bad as everybody said it did. It looked like Halo. Like Halo's never been the most cutting edge graphic thing. Then I saw the campaign re reveal and I was like Oh. Oh yeah, that was on Monday, wasn't it? Yeah. And then I read the Inside Infinite blog while I was waiting for us to go live today and saw the character models and was like, Holy shit. Like I've never been happier to see a game get a full year delay. Yeah, I saw the I saw the the character models on Twitter today, but like, I mean, <clears throat> I haven't had much time to do anything other than like, right, you know, smile really. But that's, you know, I I meant to watch the Halo thing on Monday and then I didn't, and then I was like, oh, whoops. So, I mean, I'll watch it. I'll watch it after this. Because uh, I have some it's 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 here. it's great. It's it's been a great week. If you love Halo, if you like video games, excluding what was shown at the state of play, it's been a good week. Mm-hmm. We saw we saw what Buzz Lightyear with hair looks like. Yeah, dude, that movie looks good. 
That it looks ridiculously good. <laughs> like just from a graphical standpoint, I don't know if they're gonna nail the story, but like Chris Evans is so excited about this. I could tell. I saw his tweets about it. He keeps tweeting about it. He's just like, oh my god, this is literally a dream come true. I can't wait for everybody to see this. Meanwhile, I'm over here going, God, please don't delay this or throw it, like, punt it to Disney+. Plus. Please don't do it. Nah, this feels like a movie they're going to try to put in theaters. I think... Can you imagine how much money they're going to make? I promise we're going to get to the Destiny talk in just a second, but can you imagine the amount of merchandising dollars they're going to make off that movie? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Are you ready to go to infinity and beyond? I am very ready. Toy Story is my favorite movie of all time, so yes, I am ready. Ready to see? Yeah, it. it's a shame we ha- it's a shame we haven't had any Toy Story movies since uh, Toy Story three. I'm ready to go back. <laughs> it's oh, a shame. You, you didn't... I heard they were going to do a fourth one, and it just never happened. You didn't like Toy Story four? Oh God, no! It's terrible. I didn't mind it. It was it was it's fine. awful. I talk about it the same way I do Cars 2. It's terrible. I mean, Cars is just... Cars is just Cars. It's like like you have, like, (laughs) God-tier Pixar, okay? You've got, got, you know, Toy Story 2. You've got WALL-E. You've got Inside Out, okay? You've got your, like... You're kind of like mid-rangers, okay? You know, your Bugs Lives, your, you know... I don't have Incredibles in my God-tier, so you've got Incredibles... You've got Coco, you know, those are on the higher end, of course, but, you know, you've got those. Then you've got your bottom tier, okay, and that's, that's like, that's your Toy Story 4. That's Cars. Okay, Toy Story 4 is, like, in a tier of its own. No, no, Then below there, you have dog shit, okay, and that's where you have Cars 2, Cars 3, and the good dinosaur. <laughs> Toy Story 4 is above it, like, almost purely because of name, but goddamn if Forky doesn't almost make that a trash movie. <laughs> no pun Literally. In, no pun intended. He says, I'm trash. He's not speaking metaphorically. He is completely accurate in his assessment of what I have seen on the screen at <laughs> that point. A spork gained sentience, my friends. Uh, you want to talk about trash movies, Josh? I watched a bunch of trash movies this past week on HBO Max that weren't due. Were they all children's movies? No. Oh, God. No. Corey, what'd you suffer through? I, I watched Kong Skull Island for the first time. Trash. Yeah, it was it was not very good. Yeah, I watched Godzilla. Not very good. The 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 one with Brian Cranston. Mm-hmm. Great fucking movie. No, dude, that movie sucked. Dude, I love Godzilla. What are you doing? <laughs> Get out of here, Corey. Uh, starting now, we're taking uh, auditions for a, a new producer <laughs> on Tower Casuals every Thursday night. Uh, then I watched. God, get out of here. <laughs> I watched. I watched Godzilla versus Kong. It's fun. Which was real stupid, dude. That was the worst one. When I watched it, but it's fun. It was the worst one. It was the worst one. Those three movies. No, it was the worst one. Kong Skull Island is worse. I promise you. Let me tell you. I watched Rampage with The Rock. Okay. Also terrible. That movie was also terrible. That movie was way better than any of the Kong and Godzilla. No, it was. Oh my god, you're nuts, Corey. No. No, <laughs> that movie was this way like better. Laurent tried to tell me that the Monster Hunter movie was worth watching, and I called well, him a liar to his face. Look, we all know what Laurent would do for more Monster Hunter. Okay, it's... I know it's not appropriate for Tower Casuals. No, no, it is not. It's Despite barely... my Here... river of profanity earlier, what he would do for what he would do for more Monster Hunter 
would barely be legal for OnlyFans, Josh. Okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> would it be would it be okay for uh, Only Hunters? Oh, I, mm. maybe maybe the, ladies know. and gentlemen this is what we talk about in our spare time when we're not yes. talking about destiny this is what our dms look like <laughs> it, unfortunately he's not far off <laughs> it's also us no joke really leaning into the sandwich bit it's true really wanting sandwiches and dole whips i wish i was joking it's, it's, it's very fair it's also not far off of what happens on the Boss Rush podcast on a weekly basis, too. So It's true. That's also true. But, Corey, we do, in fact, have Destiny to get to. I right. know. I was I was going to get there. I just wanted to talk about my week for a second, Josh. I, then talk about your is, – is that is that what your week was like, HBO Max? No. my That was last week. This week. Oh. Josh, week. this Sorry, week. we're covering two weeks at once. So, okay. So – I started a new job this week, Josh. You lead with this, Corey. But we are having so much fun talking about it's true, it's true, it's true. other things. Lightyear. Okay. Corey, how, how, is your, how is your new job, Corey? Let me tell you, Josh. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how I feel about my new job. It is, it is the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. He's not joking. No, I like not short joking. short of having two children and a wife. This may actually be the best thing that's ever happened to Corey. It's, yeah, it teeters on passing them. It's, oh God! No, I'm just kidding. Not kidding. No, I'm kidding. Children, if you find this in the future, please know your father loves you very much. Uh, so yeah, I accepted a position at an IT company, uh, and doing like basically basically what me and josh do on every thursday night and other side projects and stuff but you know they're paying me for it so it's very exciting it's very very exciting i uh have uh dude it's just like oh they bought me lunch multiple times this week josh and not just like any lunch we got dave's cosmic subs on monday which is like a local sub place around here i was gonna say you're gonna have to explain this one it's, i don't know about look Dave. let me tell what you josh let me tell you josh it's no earl of sandwich but if you can't get an earl of sandwich you could get a mm-hmm. dave's cosmic sub so that's 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 good praise so it was very good i got the I, it. I got dave's club instead of the earl's club it's not it's not quite the earl's club it was delicious day two pizza josh pizza big old pepperoni what'd you get on that pizza Corey? just pepperoni i'm i'm not a fancy okay. pizza guy i i like oh, i like cheese and pepperoni sure, Unle- unless sure. i unless i'm like aiming to get like a barbecue chicken pizza or like you know a fancy pizza i get pepperoni sometimes just cheese you know, I'm. I don't mind bringing my inner twelve-year-old out. Okay, I like just cheese once in a while. And then today, we got Panera, which, you know, Panera's Panera. But let me tell you, this was. I feel like, like Panera is definitely like the lesser of what you've listed so far. Even though I don't know much about Dave. That's fair, but it was the best Panera I've ever had. What's but, tomorrow's lunch? I I don't know yet. 
It's a gonna be a big surprise. Do they get you lunch every day? Like, is this an everyday thing? No, or is this, this just, is like, this is just like it's your first week. It's just like, hey, you're you're new. Let's celebrate new employees because it was me and one other guy started this week. So, uh, what you're saying is, I need to come join your office so that we can get Dave's. Yeah, yeah, you do. Because that's what I'm taking away from this. It is. I'm telling you, you sh- yes, yes. So that was my week, Josh. I'm very excited. I'm very I, I have to send you pictures, Josh. Okay, I'll send you some. Holy shit! I'm looking at Dave's subs. These things look amazing. They are. They're very good. Sure. These these are like some classic Italian subs, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Josh, I'm gonna I send. Like you, I'm gonna send you one half of my office. Are you ready? And send it to me. Twitter. It's a Twitter DM. I'm I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. That's so the window will open <laughs> god damn it I hate, I hate having a laptop that's so old oh that's the other thing i got a i got a new laptop oh god dude love the, the green screen wall oh look this is my this is my Lord. they gave i have a work computer it's so cool i feel like i feel like a wild this is this Do you is, feel like a professional now? This is the second half of my office. Oh, by the way, he said if I needed more monitors or anything, just to let him know. I was like, yes. Give me the, like the biggest best phrase anybody can ever tell you. If you need more, just say it. Yeah. That's the second half of my office right there. And uh, I like it. It's a big monitor. It is. It's a 32 inch one. I'm getting another one. And a dock for my laptop. So I'm going to have three monitors, just like here at home. Very mm. You love to see it, ladies and gentlemen. Also, you love to see it. Also, Josh, you want to know the best part? What's the best part, Corey? If I wanted to work from home, I could also do that. Just with you in particular, that's a little bit more difficult. It is, but I'm, because I'm, I'm just small saying. Small children. Yeah. I'm just saying right, if the I, option is there if you want. Yeah, like if I needed to stay home one day, I could do that. Oh god. I dude, I listen, that's about the only good thing that's come out of this pandemic is people finally realizing, like, listen, we need to let people work from home. Mm-hmm. Like more. I'm I'm not lying when I tell you right now that I would go back to the job I had before I moved to Austin in a heartbeat if they would just say the magical words, you may work from home. Because if you're telling me I can work in a hoodie and basketball shorts every single day of the year, mm-hmm. oh baby, listen, my my managers would become very acquainted with my wall of collectibles behind me. I would be having to explain to fifty year old people who should probably be moving on to another phase in their career, who Denki Kaminari is from My Hero Academia, what destiny is, and why do I have all these lights around a plastic shield on my wall look forward to having to explain those conversations oh, so excited I'm so excited anyways enough about us let's talk about, some about destiny. Us. we do have a little bit of destiny not a whole lot this week uh, 20 minutes gonna, into the show <laughs> 20 minutes into the show yeah um it, it's gonna kind of be a recurring theme for the next few weeks not us talking about ourselves i might be um I, listen i i can i can only stroke myself off so much okay mm. but i'm like a rabbit that came out wrong that came out very wrong. 
<laughs> I can only stroke my own ego so much, is what I meant to say. <laughs> I can only stroke my ego so much. Um, <laughs> Goddamn. Um, <laughs> Staying in the show. It, it's going to be a few short weeks. <laughs> Over the, between now and Thanksgiving, uh, things are going to be a little bit sparse. Um, I don't know unless they like just drop moments of triumph out of nowhere with no warning. It feels like this is going to be a really, at least this next week is going to be completely empty. Um, because we're actually going to start at the very end of the twab today. Um, I'm going to start with the note here at the end from Cosmo. Um, with Festival of the Lost coming to the close, we are nearing the end of scheduled seasonal beats for a bit. And so it's time for free play. Next week, Saladin will host Iron Banner. Mark that on your calendars if you need some quick pinnacles or want to hunt some rolls on Iron Banner weapons. After Iron Banner ends, we will still have trials going on throughout November with the new matchmaking changes mentioned in this week's swab. More on that in a moment. You can also use the time to catch up on Catalyst, knock out triumphs, or finish anything else taking up space in your quest log. We have some fun stuff planned for the 30th anniversary on December 7th, and it's going to be a great time to play some Destiny. This, to me, is kind of screams that they may drop the anniversary, the dawning, and Moments of Triumph on us all at once. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty much the exact opposite of what we were hoping for. Mm -hmm. So for, first, I want to lay the blame at the feet of 343 Industries. We had really hoped that by the time we recorded this episode, we'd be like, God, we're, we're like six days away from Halo Infinite coming out, man. I can't wait. This is what we're going to talk about. This is what we're going to have to help fill that void of Destiny content. And then y'all motherfuckers had to go and delay it and put it out the day after the anniversary starts. I only have so much time in December, guys. Only so much time. So November has now, like, become unofficially, like, Forza and Metroid Dread Month for me. Uh, and like, like, uh, Cosmo says, finishing up some outlying things. I have one thing left to finish up for this season. I have to do the, uh, the legendary astral alignment, I think is all I have left now. And I'm trying to put that off as long as humanly possible. That's so fair. I just have no desire to go do it. That's fair. Uh, the Joe, Joe and I've been running Shattered Realm. Uh, we've been doing those on legendary. That, ha that is an experience going in with less than three people. It is really an experience trying to do one of those. It's not like bad but it does require you to definitely be a little bit more coordinated than you typically would be um i would say it's actually not bad until you get to the bosses like each time like this week's boss was actually easy the first room inside the chapel in the forest of echoes was probably where we had the most trouble just because everything funnels down that hallway um and just like one fire attack from a knight can kill you so easily um the first week we didn't have a whole lot of problems until the second room uh with all they kept just kept spawning captains and abominations on us and of course the spider walker if you can't burn it you're gonna have a really bad time and uh last week with the night boss just god trying to rush that thing with a sword was no 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 bad 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 ideas bad ideas my friend but we two manned all three of them we're excited to be done with that and uh, we were talking this week. We said, literally, I think for both of us, that's about the only thing that would draw us back in is getting a chance to get the legendary astrals done. Um, maybe a bit more trials, but uh, as we're about to get dive into here in just a minute, trials has really leveled off. Um, not in a bad way either. It's still like it's still consistent. Like the drops have been consistent with how it's been in previous expansions and previous releases. 
uh, and not quite as brutal as some of those. Uh, they actually saw an uptick slightly this past week because of the uh, solo pool. Um, but I noticed when I was playing in Trials on Sunday, uh, I, I joined after the Flawless Pool had already been enabled. It was probably the most frustrating experience I've had in Trials, and that includes when zone capture was the thing for Trials Labs. Mm -hmm. This is the most frustrated I've been in new Trials. And that's not it's not because of anything that was done. It's just because of the overall changes. Um, I found out very quickly I preferred to still play in the regular Trials pool hilariously enough because I did not at all enjoy the uh, singles pool. It, it just it, match.com trials was not working for me. I, I didn't really enjoy it. Um, but the downside to that is then, you know, you're hoping that you get put with a duo. So you at least have a little bit of team coordination because it's just three stacks all the way down in yeah. regular trials. Yeah. Um, got all, you know, got, got to my game six, uh, had already spent my, uh, my mercy and my card got busted there at game six because I had a guy quit at the beginning of the match and I had another one sit there AFK for the whole match. So being in a permanent three on one on the cauldron is not fun. Um, it's really bad, especially when the whole team has snipers and Lawrence drivers out. So all complaining aside, it was not a good weekend. Thank God it wasn't a reward. I was like super anxious to get. It wasn't uh, adept reads or showers or even messenger again. It was uh, solo scar. So missing out on Solas doesn't bother me that much uh, for an adept version. It would have been cool just to say, oh, hey, look, I have it. I have almost all the all the current weapons out as adepts, with the exception of Shairus. But, yeah, whatever. You win some, you lose some. Not going to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, but in addressing some of those concerns, I feel like they... I feel like Bungie is diving into some of those this week with some of these trials uh, things that they're bringing up here. Specifically with the flawless pool, so uh, they they say here, you know, they give us a whole bunch of data. Again, we're not going to really read into the numbers too much. There's some really nifty graphs here. Go read them if you're interested in that. Go take a look at them. But uh, the quick recap of stats shows that matchmaking times are consistent with past weeks. Blowout rates have been dropping slightly week to week, which is consistent with lower skilled players not playing as much. Um, and that's because we are farther into the season. Like we all know that's coming now. Normally we would be nearing the end of a season. We would have about three weeks left right now in a typical season, mm -hmm. but we're just now approaching kind of the halfway point of everything. That'll, that'll come towards the end of November. We'll be the halfway point of this super long season. Um, average hours played per player remains consistent across all skill levels. Player counts went down each week, but that is expected during this portion of the season and is consistent with past trials and Iron Banner performance. Um, and then the number one complaint that I see is, well, people are get people are going flawless up to their sixth win and they're resetting so they can just stay in the pool. And I, I, I agree with Bungie. I don't really know where we're getting that notion from because that doesn't benefit anyone. Like your rewards reset at that point. It makes it harder for you to get wrap, et cetera. Um, we don't see any evidence of widespread flawless card resets to avoid the flawless pool. Less than 0.5% of cards played were reset while still flawless and above three wins. Even still, the impetus to do this should be removed starting this week. Um, and so they, they talked about the freelance queue a little bit here. Um, we had over a million games played in each playlist this week and with slightly more games played in the base trials playlist. Average hours for the lower skilled players is up quite a bit over the past weeks, while the average to top end has almost the same hours played. 
Interestingly, players who played in a fire team some of the time and solo some of the time played almost three times as long this weekend as players who either played exclusively solo or in a fire team. That's consistent with people that I play with. Right. Who come in and, oh, we want to run as a three stack, but ah, I'm going to run a card by myself. I'm going to run a card or two alone. Um, that is consistent. That's consistent with my own behavior in trials as well. Um, and how I've kind of been doing it the past couple of weeks. Like, okay, I'll, I'll run some cards with friends. And if it doesn't pan out, okay, I'm going to go run solo. And then twice, that's how I've gotten to the lighthouse is running solo. Um, the player numbers, uh, I did like seeing, I like they broke down the numbers here. Uh, 244,000 freelance exclusive players, 120,000 exclusive fire team players, 220,000 played both solo and in a fire team. 25.5% of players went flawless, which is lower than any week so far this season. Again, consistent with the drop. Um, and they say this is likely fallout of matches being fair. If it doesn't drop below 20% for a weekend, the lighthouse should still feel attainable. And I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think that it should be a cakewalk to get to the lighthouse. It should be a point of pride and accomplishment, but it should not feel impossible. When you've got a quarter to a third of players who play in that playlist per week, getting there, I think you're in a good place. It's not being handed out, but it is significantly easier than it used to be. Like, it, it is making average skill players like myself, like, or maybe who are, like, just slightly above average even, like, either getting to the lighthouse or getting extremely close, like getting to that game seven with your mercy still intact. Um, especially with the fix made to where games one and two are now no longer throwing us to get up against people who have gone flawless at any trials week. Uh, it has made that significantly easier as well. Um, but they have a whole blowout rates chart here. Um, I like seeing that it's pretty consistent there. Mm -hmm. Uh, we are looking at running freelance occasionally for the remainder of season 15, but are still trying to determine what feels right. And we'll let you know long-term, this is the most exciting part here for me yep. besides the flawless changes, which will be next long-term. We are exploring single player solutions, preferential matchmaking of full fire teams against other full fire teams, duo and solo against another duo and solo. We do not have a specific release target for this yet, but it will not be prior to season 16. This excites me that they are understanding this needs to be an option. I understand why it wasn't there at the very beginning, mm -hmm. but I think after like week two, it was extremely apparent. We got to do something about this. Right. Yeah. Because when it's three individuals up against a full fire team, you are rarely, if ever going to pull that win out when it's in a later match. Right. I think that makes it very difficult. Not to say that I haven't done it, but it, those have been nail biters. Those have been super duper sweaty. And by the time you're getting to match five, six, seven, those should be your sweaty matches. Those should be the most challenging. But uh, I, I told this story a couple weeks ago, I believe, when it was uh, me and John talking about it. Um, I was playing some trials on a Monday morning and was sitting there doing it and uh, got all the way to game seven, had a guy drop. And it was me and another rando. No mics between us. And we had a three stack against us. And I was like, well, shit, here we go. We're going to lose. And we we pulled it out. We, we pulled it out. We won like five to three, I think, was the final uh, round scores. Or it was five, four. It was very close regardless. It was not a blowout either way. And it was just, that is the most exciting one I've ever gotten in trials. That's hands down the most exciting. That got me to the lighthouse, got my adept sniper. It's a great PvP role. I'll probably never use it, but it's going to sit in my vault forever because of the story behind it. Mm -hmm. 
I shouldn't, and I, I hate saying like I because I don't want to sound entitled. You should not be encountering that. That should not be a thing. Like the penalties for quitting a trials match, and, and I, there does need to be a distinction somewhere in Bungie's back end. And this is again, it's super easy to armchair develop. It is much much harder to put this into practice. I want to see harsher penalties for people who quit out in matches, especially after you've already started playing. Who quit out in like round two or three like I've had before when we've gone down 0 and 2. I want to see those kinds of people penalized. Like, but if you got booted because of a network error, and this is something we've been screaming about ever since Gambit came into the game, mm -hmm. if you got kicked because of a network hiccup or a network error, that is different. Yeah. That is completely different. Now, obviously, you're not going to get 100% of the time because people will find a way around that. Oh, I'm just going to go yank my, I'll just go yank my router out for a minute. Right. Which is stupid because your network's going to take forever to come back up. But okay. Or oh, I'm going to kill. I'm going to kill the internet to my console. I'm just going to turn my console off. Like there needs to be some way to tell. And I again, I don't even know if this is feasible. Yeah. There needs to be a way to differentiate in the back end if somebody is deliberately doing it or if it's accidentally happened. Because I mean, I've gotten an accidental abandoned gambit before. Yeah. For like a day. Yeah. Because I had really shitty internet for a mm -hmm. while there and like there were connection problems in Destiny itself. Yeah, I got I got a ban. I mean, this was I should have just like not started a match, but my mm -hmm. my daughter was sick and she kept like wanting me and every every like halfway through like two gamut matches she needed me and then I got banned for like I don't know, like an hour. But Yeah. Yeah, it probably wasn't a full thing, like I said, but like I get that message and I'm like, Well, I guess I'm done for the day. Yeah. I want to see that happen in trials more. Like if you do it, if you do it like more than twice or something like, okay, that's it. We're you're, you're done with trials for the weekend. You can't play anymore because right. you have a history of quitting on your teammates. Right. And like, I don't want that to be like a permanent. I don't think it should affect somebody permanently unless they just keep doing it. Cause there are people who just do it all the time. Right. And maybe, we I mean, don't, maybe we don't that's, want, we don't want sore losers or sore winners in this game. Right. Right. And this is one of the ways to weed that out, I think. Yeah. I mean, maybe they could, like, keep uh, like keep track of how many people, how many times somebody disconnects within a certain amount of time, too, you know? Right. I, I would say that, but, I mean, again, like, I just, and I, I don't even know if it's possible, I hope it is, to differentiate, is somebody doing this on purpose or not? Um, like maybe take match stats into account or something like that. Like, oh, you were down by like sixty votes when the when the other team summoned and you quit. Okay, that's it. You're getting slapped with the you're getting slapped with the ten fam. Right. Oh, you quit when your team went down zero to three in trials. That's it. You're getting slapped with that. You know, because I don't know if that affects your flawless or not if you quit out. Yeah. Um, but I think it absolutely should. I think it should absolutely mark the card that you're playing as, as boom, it's busted. You got to start a new card if you want to go to the lighthouse. You quit on your team, you got to start a new card. Yeah, I don't see why that wouldn't affect that, right? Like, I mean, that seems like a pretty no brainer. It seems like a no brainer, but I feel like because it feels like a no brainer, that's why we have to say it. <laughs> I, I, lo I love Bungie dearly, but uh, let. Oh, some of their decision making has been. Uh questionable at best i think when it's come to the trials revamp as much as i've truly enjoyed it mm -hmm. um i i've seen a lot of people going okay can we please just go back to how trials was weekend one like that's how it needs to be and it's like well i don't disagree from everything i, I didn't play trials week one mm -hmm. i don't disagree i played a couple matches at the very end when i got back from my vacation but how it was in week two i really enjoyed it 
I even enjoyed when the flawless pool got enabled. Like I've I've been a very strong proponent of that. But this is the season to test these changes in. Especially in what is supposed to be your premier competitive mode. Mm-hmm. This is your premier PvP mode. This is the season to get it right. You didn't get it right the first time. You made some changes earlier this year and they didn't really hit well. Now you finally have just like ripped the whole mode apart and put it back together. This is the time to keep trying those. And maybe by the time we get to like Christmas or the the anniversary event or Christmas, you've gotten enough data to say, okay, we need to go back. Like maybe not all the way back to week one, but maybe we don't need to have, have it how we do in week four or five. Maybe we can go back to week two or week three and see how it was. Like go back to that mm-hmm. and have a good time. I, I don't know. Like I, I'm not going to pretend to know what goes on behind the scenes. Like all I can do is offer my personal feedback and continue to tell you I would prefer skill batch, skill-based matchmaking and everything. Hmm. Uh, because I'm not a streamer who does carries or who wants to make YouTube videos. I'm a guy who wants to play some Trials and play some Iron Banner and Crucible and Control and Mayhem and whatever else may come up with my friends. You know, I'm not, I'm not here to stunt and flex on people. I just want to have a good time. And I think that's where, like, 99% of us are. Right. That very, very vocal minority of the community, the always onlineers, you know, the the Redditors, uh, some of the people on the Twitter sphere, like, Damage this afternoon, for example, it was like, hey, check out the trials changes. Let us know what you think. We are genuinely listening. Like, we're trying to put that into into practice, hence the changes to the flawless pool that they talked that we're going to get to in just a second. And, like, he was like, please be respectful. Please play before you criticize what we do. Instantly, the first 15 responses to him were all just like, why the fuck did you ever change it from week one? It's like, whoa, like, this is a game. Like, right. y'all need to calm down. Like, you can be disappointed in it. But, you know, hey, maybe take a couple weeks off. Maybe take some time off until, you know, it's stabilized. And, like, complaining, like, oh, every match is a sweat fest. I thought trials was fixed. Like, you don't understand that player population is always going to be the highest at the beginning of a season. Always. It's going to dip over time. That's why those first couple weeks felt so good because so many casuals came into trials for the first time. Uh It made it easier for those of us who were mid-tier players to do it and not feel like we really had the flex to get the lighthouse. And I'm not quite sure that's how it should be all the time. Right. But addressing matchmaking, um, because that's that's kind of the big topic in the TWAB this week. Um, the flawless pool has very positive benefits. It raises overall match quality, raises the overall win rates of solo players. Yes, it does. Thank you very much. However, it has led to drastic downsides for players who struggle and manage to just barely go flawless. It is a steep cliff to then only play against players who have already gone flawless that week. It also incentivizes behavior that is at odds with the mode and reward systems, like resetting a flawless six-win ticket to keep getting easier matches but worse rewards. It creates social friction where players need to decide between playing with friends or playing for rewards. Lastly, the timing, 10 a.m. Pacific on Sundays is awkward if you live anywhere but America. I agree with all of this. Like, as somebody who has largely benefited from the flawless pool and has deliberately waited until Sunday afternoons to play my trials matches since they brought this into practice, I agree with what is being said here. Um, and the social friction aspect of it, I definitely, 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 I see it in my own group. You know, uh, when I did it that first week, I felt so bad that I couldn't then turn around because that's when they did it on Saturday morning. I felt bad that after I went flawless, I couldn't turn around and help our friend or generalist get to the lighthouse. He and I had been playing earlier that day and had a card that got 
faltered at a 5-4 loss on Game 7. And that's the shittiest feeling in the world is he was like, oh, I, I, I can come back tomorrow. Like, I got things with my kids this afternoon, this evening. And when he came back the next day, like, I'd gone flawless. I couldn't jump into his games anymore. Mm. There is no worse feeling in the world than not being able to jump in and help your friends do something. Especially right. when you then go on to do it, like, three more times. Right. In subsequent weeks. There is no worse feeling. And, like, yes, I'm happy for myself, selfishly, because, cool, I, I got some awesome rewards. I got some great mods. I've been to the lighthouse a couple times. It's never going to get old getting there and seeing Saints. But it's a really shitty feeling that you did it without your friends. Mm -hmm. And that you can't do it with all of your friends. Right. You know, it, it's just a, it's a crappy feeling. And, like, you know, I play with I play with our friend A1 Johnny. And, like, we have a big group over there, like he and I were having to sit here and pick and choose. Like uh, when I went uh, a couple weeks ago, when I got my messenger, uh, I was so happy about getting my messenger and he had been playing him and uh, his girlfriend, Amanda had been playing on the same card with me. They were going into their fifth match. I had just won my seventh because I joined them part when I was partway through uh, a flawless card. Mm -hmm. And there's no shittier feeling. Like I, I wasn't really paying attention to the match count, and he called it right before, right as we went into what would be the deciding match. He go or the decide, yeah, the deciding round of um, game seven. He goes, man, if we win this, I'm bummed because you can't play with us anymore this weekend. You can't play any more trials with us. And I felt bad because he and I had both resolved. Like, okay, messenger is the flawless weapon. We're going to do whatever we got to do. Like both of us are going to be in this playlist until we get it. And to have been a couple games ahead and then the realization that I can't stay there on the card and help them get it is mm -hmm. just, it's a terrible feeling. And then knowing that the card gets busted after that is, it's terrible. So I like that they're taking steps to at least acknowledge that because a lot of the Bungie community managers, I mean, they, and gameplay devs, like they play with people too. Just today, Joe Blackburn was uh, showing on Twitter. He finally got Mythoclast. That was the final thing keeping him from the Fatebreaker title. And he was like, I. he joked about how many runs it took. He says, I was running out of presidents. Indicating mm -hmm. he was up into the 40s in mm -hmm. terms of runs he'd done of Vogue and still hadn't gotten it. Like, they know there are problems with some of these modes. Yeah. And so I like that they're taking steps. At least with this, it seems like they're taking steps to mitigate that. Like, who knows? Maybe there is one coming for, you know, the Vex drop rate with the anniversary event. God, right. I freaking hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, but here... The changes for, for this. So starting this weekend, we're rolling out a new system and leading into performance metrics. Whether, whether Whenever you match in trials, in addition to trying to match with people with the same number of card wins, you will also attempt to match with people who have roughly the same number of overall wins for the weekend. So for the PvP gods who go flawless 10 times a weekend, they will end up matching with other players who have, for example, 70 plus wins on their cards, no matter how they got them. For the average team who gets a lucky flawless in on Friday or Saturday on their first card, well, they will be matchmaking against other players with around seven wins, so no matter how they got them. We are hoping this will give us many of the benefits of the flawless pool system, somewhat fairer matches, without the significant downsides. Specifically, there should be no major inflection point where everything is smooth prior to a win, and then everything is overly challenging after. While this allows us to remove the flawless pool, it does have a potential downside. Longer matchmaking time. We think there is a reasonable trade-off here between quality and matchmaking time. Average trials matchmaking times currently sit at about 50 seconds. Over the next few weekends, we're going to be looking at how much matchmaking time goes up and how it affects match quality. I 
I dig this. I like this change. I like getting rid of the flawless pool in principle. Yeah. I like I said, this is the time to try it. Like November is a fairly quiet month for you. Mm-hmm. After you get Iron Banner out of the way, you've got three or four weekends where we can just do nothing but trials. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And that that will take us up to an Iron Banner right before uh it should be the week after Thanksgiving, but before the anniversary event starts. Yeah. I uh I have a interesting idea. And I think we talked about this before for the flawless pool. Okay. So <clears throat> if you're trying to play with friends, right. And mm-hmm. say you went flawless and you know, maybe you're playing with a one Johnny and someone else. Right. And they didn't go flawless. Right. Like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. What if they like did a, uh, like some sort of like percentage of your fire team, hasn't gone flawless like and and this is only if you're playing with your friends right like like yeah say a one johnny hadn't gone flawless yet and the player three hasn't gotten flawless yet but you have like what if they just put you guys all in the non-flawless pool why wouldn't why couldn't they do that so i i think that part of the issue there is you you have a lot of streamers who do paid carries um, or who just do carries in general. Like, for example, he doesn't charge for carries, but Grenadier Jake. His whole channel is built around, I do flawless carries. Right, but that I doesn't mean... But, for the first time. But, they, the, but the people he's playing with haven't gone flawless before, right? So right. like, but I, I'm saying, like, if you had a situation like that, though, you could have top-tier players like that mm-hmm. just be like telling their buddies like hey come get a come get a quick flawless with me and then i think you start to see a problem that they're trying to avoid now and this is part of why we have anti-cheat they updated the tls things like that with the launch of season of the lost is there were too many paid recaps going on there mm-hmm. were too many paid trips to the lighthouse happening mm-hmm. i then, think you would see an inflection point of that again then and then, i think that's just at a certain point, I think that becomes impossible to police, unfortunately. I think you're really between a rock and a hard place here. Yeah. My other thought was, but, what if what if they, like, what if you went flawless and they gave you the option to, like, you know, if, you, if you're playing with friends, you don't have to. But if you aren't, then you are in the flawless pool. Or if all of you went flawless, but that, that might even be even more complicated. So, If they had ever brought it back, like, ah. If they have to bring the flawless pool back, what I would like to see is when you get to your seven wins, you've gotten your trip to the lighthouse. Okay, cool. Your card is guaranteed, not broken, et cetera. You can go turn it in for your next weapon. But that you can keep, as long as you don't turn that in, you could keep playing. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't turn that card in, you could keep playing with friends mm-hmm. or with randos or whatever. You could keep playing. It's just, I do believe it keeps matching you. Because I, I sat there at seven wins uh, during the last Trials Labs weekend. And, you know, Matt, uh, my buddy Matt and I, we didn't get to the Lighthouse that weekend. It was God, it was on Wormhaven, one of the worst maps ever for Trials. <laughs> but we sat there and just farmed Game 7 repeatedly. Because we were getting so many Ingrams and Prisms and Golf Balls to drop that we just sat there on Game 7. We didn't go, we didn't get rid of anything. You know, we had no, obviously we're not going to go turn our passage in. We have no illusions of going flawless. Mm-hmm. We just sat there with passages of wealth over and over again. You know, just kept sat there and reaping the, the uh, extra 
rep, the extra rewards, etc. And we kept running into the same people over and over and over, which is how I knew we were all sitting there farming game seven. Like, I don't think that that is a bad idea. Like, mm-hmm. if a friend invites you, like, oh, yeah, you can come jump in. It's just, it would automatically make it to where you're playing game seven people, I think, is mm-hmm. what the, what happened there. Like, it auto-adjusts to the highest win that somebody has on a card. I don't know. Like, I, I think there's got to be a healthy middle ground somewhere. And I think that them trying this matchmaking change is probably going to be it. Uh, but we're going to have to wait and see. Like, this isn't something you can, you're going to be able to ascertain after one Friday afternoon. You can't just play for, you know, an hour and be like, oh, this is bullshit. I hate this change. Like, how do you know? It's been a half an hour. Like, come back on a Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. I know not everybody can do that, but I've historically had better successes on Saturday and Sunday afternoons. You know, right around noonish, right after right after daily reset is when I tend to have my best success. I never have luck on Fridays. Fridays is just bad juju for me at this point. But I don't think there's anything wrong with trying these matchmaking changes and saying, hey, you can still play with your friends. This is the healthiest balance we can do to let you play with friends. And I see, you know, some people already getting upset like, oh, well, you know, what if you what if you're just super unlucky and you constantly have cards getting broken at the sixth or seventh match? And I admit that is a concern that I have reading this, but I think at that point it should be taking into account, okay, have you actually gotten flawless on a card this weekend or not? Because if you have, and you've played 60 or 70 games, you know, you just had uncannily bad luck to get there. After you get that win, yeah, it should probably take into account that now, hey, you're flawless. Like, you should more regular, once you've gone flawless for a weekend, you should more regularly match up against those flawless players. I'm not saying you should be doing it exclusively, but you should have a much higher chance at, at encountering those people after you've gone flawless. I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what the metrics look like. They've been doing a really good job of giving us graphs and numbers. I'm eagerly awaiting next week's 12 already, even though Trials hasn't started yet mm-hmm. for the weekend. Uh, and I just, I just really want to see what happens. I have enjoyed playing the changes every weekend, even if it's something I don't necessarily vibe with. Right. I think the fact that we're doing this now, and this is probably something we should have been doing like a year and a half ago, when we all knew Trials was going to come back. Better late than never, question mark? Like, Luke Smith has owned up and said, you know, the whole reason we got Trials back in Season of the Worthy was because he wanted it back. He really wanted a comp mode in there. And let's be honest, like, comp as it exists now is stupid. There is no reason to playing it, be playing it unless you want to get your Unbroken title or you want to guild it. There is no reason to getting it. Right. There's no reason. And that's a shame because I'd love to see some good rewards in there, but then you enter, like, a mountaintop recluse scenario where ugh, we're locking some of the best weapons in the game behind a mode nobody can compete in. At least in Trials, everyone can get the loot. You may not get the Adept version, but you can get a pretty damn good roll. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Any any final? We've talked so much about trials. The I know. Last, I like, feel like, two and a half. I feel like I feel like this I feel like has just become, become a, the trials casuals. Yeah. Way. Yeah. I feel like this. I feel like this was like uh, when fire team chat was still going on. I feel like that this was the rut that they got stuck in when there was like dead time because like they would always talk about trials and it was just like I well, feel I mean, like. It, I want to single-handedly thank Bungie for providing us things to talk about, and it's always trials, unfortunately. That's fair. Well, ne- next week it'll be Iron Banner. <laughs> that- I promise I do not play that much trials. Like I play more trials this season than I have across every Destiny release combined. Mm-hmm. 
Like, in the last two and a half months, I've played more Trials than I've ever played before. More Comp than I've ever played before. Well, I consider Trials to be Comp also. Like, even if you factor in Comp when I got Recluse, like, and I got Komodo and things like that, I still did not play as much as I have this season. I've had a genuinely great time every single weekend, with the exception of the first day of Capture Zone Trials Labs, which was bullshit, and uh, this past weekend on Cauldron. Um, and that was because I was already having a bad day, you know, personal shit going on. And then to have somebody quit out and another person go AFK when I'm on my sixth game, sixth, seventh game was just, it was too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just like, nope, I'm done. I'm done for the week. It was like Sunday afternoon. I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm not even going to attempt to play on Monday or on Tuesday. I, I don't even want to do this now. I, I'm done. Trials can go away for a few weeks now for all, all I care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but we're gonna move on in the twab if you have no more thoughts, Corey. Nope, I'm I'm good with trials. Uh, there is a quick introduction to uh, the new Bungie community manager in here, uh, Liana Rupert, uh, aka Hippie. We uh, we love Liana. We're so happy that she's a community manager over there. If you don't know her, she was formerly a uh, editor at Game Informer and at Prima Games. So uh, you can bug her with all your where twab memes now. Uh, she officially started this week. Cosmo and Damage aren't going anywhere, but they are growing the team a little bit over there, uh, which also includes uh, Nicole and uh, Griffin. Really, really, like, I don't know that we give enough credit to Bungie's community team. I see very few game uh, community managers interact with their communities the way that the Bungie guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the Dest- Really the way that the Destiny devs do in a yeah. lot of ways. You know, we, we get them talking sandbox changes, Things like that. Like that's how we found out about the Vexmith class changes, the Fighting Lion changes, um, the changes that are going to come to Shatterdive. Like gameplay designers and sandbox leads are actually talking about this stuff on Twitter. Right. Um, I really like that. Like I understand like Twitter isn't for everyone. Uh, these things do usually get reposted to uh, to Reddit. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that Reddit's any better than Twitter, but uh, they they get reposted to groups. I don't know if they get reposted to Facebook. I try to stay away from Facebook as much as possible. Uh, there's some great Festival of the Lost uh, fashion going on uh, in here. Some really funny uh, jokes that people have done. Uh, some cool carved pumpkins. I really like this one with the uh, the Prometheus lens. These are going through the skull mm-hmm. on the pumpkin. Uh, the Jurassic Park spoof poster uh, with the dino armor is That's pretty, pretty great. I, I like that. Uh, there are two things that i want to uh that i want to call attention to before we uh get out of the for this week which uh there is a new error called rutabaga oh rutabaga stems from last week it was discovered that if you had the right combination of min max stats when you popped your super you would create like 15 to 20 orbs of light whoa uh yeah Bungie has been aware of this for a long time now. They've been aware, aware of the error over the summer is when they were alerted to it. And they've been quietly working on a patch behind the scenes. They didn't want to publicly draw attention to it. But the person who alerted them to it, I guess, also has now uh, posted. They po- they are the ones who posted the video last week because, oh, we told Bungie about this back in July. And, like, his clan mates are super pissed at him right now. Um, but... Uh, Bungie introduced the rutabaga error. You will get that if you try this. And this is they have said that replicating this glitch is a bannable offense now that they have publicly addressed it. 
uh, a couple of times in the past week. Like this is this is something like not to not to trifle with. I saw people in the comments going, "Oh, I can't wait to go try this out now." And Bungie's like, "Uh, uh, uh. If you do this, we're gonna slap you with a we're gonna slap you with a ban because we have addressed this and this is directly exploiting our game because people were using it mainly in comp and in trials. Right. Um, the video that was published was from last or not this past weekend, but the weekend before in Bannerfall. Is where the video was recorded. Um, and I don't think I need to tell you what 15 to 20 orbs of light can do for a trials or a comp match. Right. Jeez. Hell, even Iron Banner. I don't think I need to tell you. Yeah. So, and you have to like deliberately be trying to do this. From what I understand, uh, a third party tool had to be used in order to even achieve this. So that's already breaking the TOS. And that's part of why they put this. But that that is a unique error code that will only show up when that happens. And as of right now, it can only be done on PC. So if you play on PC, be really careful. You're not, you know, fucking around on things you shouldn't be because you right. will get slapped with a Don't get banned. Um, but what they specifically say here, an exploit was discovered that allowed players to generate more orbs of light than intended when triggering certain supers to prevent exploitation of this issue until the fix can be deployed later this year, a.k.a. with the anniversary event. Players who experience extreme sustained frame rate issues in PvP environments may now encounter more frequent rutabaga errors. Some of these errors can be mitigated by not alt-tabbing or changing your video settings during matchmaking. Players who encounter this error while participating in PvP for reasons other than reproducing the orb generation issue should report the details of what they were doing to our dedicated team. Um, so, want to bring that up. Um, Telesto keeps getting enabled and disabled because every time they bring it back something else goes wrong they literally say in the hotfix notes today restart the clock because an issue was discovered where you could shoot your teammates with telesto and they would run around basically as a ticking time bomb hmm. and then all you had to do was just shoot the bolts on their back and it could basically be a suicide bomber um and yes that was happening in trials so of course it's it's telesto and then we found out telesto was it, it's disabled so you can't equip it, but it was re-enabling itself if you took it in the trials anyways. <laughs> so that was, was fun to find. Yeah. At this point, they're going to have, they literally are going to have to sunset Telesto. Um, it, it is just, it fundamentally keeps breaking the game. It is, it is at the point where they have been trying to get this gun to work properly for years, like all the way back to destiny <clears> one. I believe. Yeah. And it continues to be a problem. Um, so those are, uh, those are the main things. Um, there's a few known issues. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing major to me there. Um, and I'm looking to see if we have anything else at all that we got to address real quickly. Nope, because we already read the end notes. Um, Corey, let's, uh, let's good go to twop. corner. And then... Good, good short twop. A lot of them are probably going to be uh, pretty sparse on the bone. Yeah. Uh, for the next couple of weeks. So right. This is the last not us. This is the last weekend for Festival of the Lost too, by the way, PSA. So if you did not get your dinosaur armor or anything you wanted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't gotten your creepy sparrows, your uh Day of the Dead ghost, yeah, uh, go get all that stuff because it's going away at reset on Tuesday. Yeah. So just PSA for all you folks. And I know a lot of you listen on Mondays, according to our analytics. So uh yeah even though it comes out on Fridays. So you could listen all weekend. All weekend long. Anyways, sorry, Josh. Lore Corner. 
You're good. We're gonna go to War Corner, and then we're gonna we're gonna read some listener mail. Ooh, listener mail. I like that. Um, the uh, the two pieces we got are uh, I figured you know we're kind of in a transitional phase. We need uh, it kind of buys me time to figure out what I'm gonna talk about for the next couple weeks. Um, we're gonna read two Festival of the Lost pieces. I- I'm not gonna go into the actual like Book of War that you get from there. That that's a fun little read you can go do on your own. Um, this is from the two items associated with the, uh, with the festival though. Uh, we're going to read from the sparrow and from the, uh, pulse rifle. So the first one is the headless horsepower sparrow that ah. you get from buying all six of the masks this year, uh, at uh, Christmas grandma. That's spooky uh, grandma. Uh, she's always, she's always Christmas grandma right in here. Always Christmas. It just depends on what time of year it is. No, Christmas is forever. Christmas is a state of mind, Corey. Mm. The Grinch and the Who's taught me that. Mm. The line between you. myth, the line between myth and reality disappears when the myths start shooting back. Glint, Glint complied as Crow made his way down the enormous metal corridor, festooned within Keitel's banners. They are directed to a room aboard the Cabal flagship, a simple space furnished for guests. When the door closed and they were finally alone again, Glint waited expectantly for Crow's usual candor, but there was none. So, Glint finally ventured, how's it going? Crow hoisted himself into a massive cabal-sized chair and regarded Glint from the corner of his eye. A little eye-opening, maybe even frustrating, or infuriating. It's like being in a room full of saladins. <laughs> Glint hovered hesitantly in front of Crow's face. Are you nervous about meeting Keitel? You don't need to be. Why are you being weird? Crow asked with a hint of annoyance. It's just that you don't really need me here. This is Cabal Battleship. The only thing that could hurt you here is the food. Crow snorted. It's really not so dangerous once you learn to sneak up on it. He paused to consider Glenn's position. You're right, though. Kaido won't let anything happen to me. It would be a diplomatic incident. So I was thinking, Glint continued, that as long as you're safe, I could take some time to do a little research for my collection of tall tales and legends. You mean your stories about the cult of pumpkin men? They're called headless ones, Glint chirped back, and then with increasing urgency, there have been credible reports for centuries from all over Seoul detailing very similar phenomena without any clear cause or link. Crow held up his hand. The headless ones, he said abruptly, cutting into Glint's analysis. Glint backed away slightly and nodded. You're not going alone, are you? Crow asked. No, the Guardian said they would go with me. Crow contemplated for what felt like a very long time to both of them. When he finally spoke, his voice was small and low. Just promise me one thing. Anything. When the shooting starts, remember to keep your head. Glint's groan echoed through the halls of the battleship, but it was a groan of adventure. <laughs> I love this. I hope that like the next three holiday events are all from Glint and then do something new next year. But I really need to see how Glint reacts to Christmas cookies, how he reacts to us having a really shitty version of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And why <laughs> do we all hate the solstice of heroes so much, but we embrace Scooty Puff Jr. and inflatable shark ghosts? <laughs> Because I mean, the the lore they're giving us with these events is just so great. You know, we read back during Guardian Games about the uh, the Guardian Bookie and about how much we really like that. We read during the Solstice about the uh, the Fallen who were you know working on Amanda Sparrow with her, mm-hmm. and 
we we've had some stuff from uh, from Eva Levante in the past. You know, her whole journey getting out of the city and what she was doing during the Red War and things like that. I really just would love to see Glint because Glint is such an innocent soul. I mean, for God's sake, his name was Pulled Pork. Like, I want to know what he's up to, and he's an infinitely better narrator than our own ghost. I'm sorry, Nolan North, I love you, but holy shit, I'm so tired of our ghost. <laughs> our ghost has just annoys the bejesus out of me now. I get irrationally angry when I hear him talk. Wow. It's been really refreshing for the past year not having Ghost explain everything that's happening on screen to me and instead letting the actual characters involved talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been one of the great narrative shifts. And I like that they're even continuing it here in the lore. Like, oh, well, I'm just going to tag along because that was one of the only strengths of Curse of Osiris was Sagira accompanying us. Mm-hmm. You know, Failsafe accompanying us on the Nessus missions in the Red War and in those strikes. Like, that's also been a really big, you know... We've wondered for years, like, oh, when are we going to get? When are we going to get more failsafe? Like, right now, the question I think is, how how do you give us more glint without giving us too much glint? Do we? And get... I think spacing it out between these holiday events is great. If it's glint and evil Levant for the holiday events from now on, I can dig it. I like. What it. if it's glint and failsafe? Dude, if it's glint and failsafe, like that just may be that may be too much for my brain to process. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Uh, The next one we're going to read comes from the Jurassic Green Pulse Rifle. Monster is a relative term. Just look at the drifter. Glint. Forward to the Book of the Forgotten. Soul is filled with monsters. More than I imagined could possibly exist in one system. So far, the list includes alien robots that bend time, blot out the sun, and drive people crazy. Floating witches that birth streaming hordes of cannibals, all driven to murder by parasitic worms. Armored walrus people who conquer planets and subjugate entire races. Undead mobs of rotting alien corpses animated by dark ether. Clans of interstellar insects trying to steal a small planetoid for its energy signature. And most recently, ominous triangular ships of unknown origin that send spooky telepathic messages. But in my opinion, the most bizarre monsters in all of Seoul are a gang of heavily armed zombies made eternal by pint-sized cybernetic constructs, some of whom are lovers of folktales. Seoul may be a strange and crowded place, but the next time someone tells you of a bizarre new monster, like shadowy click of pumpkin-headed phantoms, think twice before you dismiss them. That monster may be your new neighbor. Happy Festival of the Lost. Glint, (laughs) the smallest monster. (laughs) That's pretty good. I love it. It's so fucking goofy, but you can't help but smile, I think, upon <laughs> reading something like this. Like, it's Petra even quips at us at one point during some of the festival dialogue when you load into the uh, one of the Lost Sectors. She goes, oh, I see you're taking a much-needed break, Guardian. And Glint interrupts and is like, we're hunting headless ones, Petra. Do you want to come? They drug loot. <laughs> And she just groans and turns off the microphone. She doesn't talk for the rest of the mission. <laughs> and it's like, Petra, I think the signal cut out. <laughs> and he's just, he's so blissfully ignorant and unaware of what's happening. And in a game that has been largely more serious than funny over the last year. Right. I think this was really, really needed for all of us. Like, like I said, I just can't wait to see what he does when it comes time for cookie baking. Right. 
I want to see that. I want to see Glint on Valentine's Day. Those are the two things that I want. Mm, you think they'll bring back Crimson Days just to tell you? I don't you. think Crimson Days is coming back because that's like the week before uh, oh, yeah, expansion drops. Mm. Yeah, so I, I don't think we're getting Crimson Days back this year, but I think they'll like acknowledge it. Or if they do, like it probably won't be a I don't know. There's there's things you could do. I don't know that we will do anything. Yeah. I think they'll be more focused on ending the, uh, the seasonal storyline by that point, but... Just, these are things I want to see Glint react to. I right. don't know. I want to see him be like, what's this oven you carry around, Guardian? <laughs> you make cookies? Glint is joy. Glint is what I imagine it would be like if you gave a Destiny character drugs. <laughs> Glint has discovered the secret stash of interstellar space weed. <laughs> interstellar space weed <laughs> interstellar space weed but Corey, before we get out of here we have we have some reader mail tonight Ooh, i like that and of course we got this on the tower casuals twitter feed at tower casuals right in questions comments theories concerns we also accept our egos also accept praise mm-hmm. big praise uh, big praise we do like big praise um and we love getting messages like the one that we got from and we're not going to read all of these out every single week uh but it does warm my heart we've gotten a couple of these over the past weeks uh alan wrote us a nice one last week and uh, this week we have a uh, tom cat and socks who says hey guys just wanted to say i love the podcast found you on spotify looking for more destiny pods to listen to try it out an episode now i won't miss it First Destiny pod I listen to each week. Keep up the great work, and hopefully someday I'll see you star side. Guys, we get messages like that. It genuinely makes our day. Wow. Um, like I said, we, we don't want to read them every – we're not going to read them every week. Um, Unless you send them every week, gonna, then we will definitely send, read them every week. I mean, if you send them every week, like, we, we may have to. Uh, but <laughs> – uh, we the past couple of weeks we've gotten some really nice messages from y'all, uh, from, you know, from Tom, from uh, Alan wrote us one. We read Blades a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it genuinely warms our heart that you guys. Yep. Yeah. 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 They, it, it warms us that warms our hearts that you guys are uh, finding the pod that you're enjoying it. We're we're making something that you can enjoy. Um, so thank you. That that lets us know that you know we're we're doing a job. We're making comment con- blah, 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 not comments content that y'all enjoy um and then our uh listener our list our other piece of listener mail comes of course from the only blade two theories for you guys to talk about on the next episode Ooh, we're gonna talk theory number one then we're gonna go into theory number two okay number one we were supposed to get a hive magic like subclass with witch queen but someone guessed it correctly so they are reworking it um so let's start there because that was definitely part of the leaks Mm-hmm. The hive um, match. That, that was like about, the green. That was kind of like the thorn right? style. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was like the, the poison one. Yeah. Um, we saw some mockups for it online. Uh, some concepts for it, and I believe a little bit with it was I forget what was talked about in Pastebin and Notepad at this point because I tried to put those out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after so much was proven true, I'm like, ah, I want to be pleasantly surprised by some things now, but. The long and short of it was it was supposed to function like a thorn class from what we know. Um, it being reworked doesn't really surprise me because I do think if they introduce a new one, they're going to introduce it as a weapon element first. Um, so I think a damage over time class is definitely something we've been missing in the game. 
Um, cause yeah. stasis is great for like halting momentum, but what if there was a class that like, cause right now the two weapons that really do damage over time are, yeah, you, you can do flame damage with some, but the two main ones are thorn and Lamar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that I want legendary weapons to all have this, but I think if they had something to like, maybe a bow did like half of what a monarch does or something, or like 40% or something, I think that would be a good starting point for a legendary weapon. I think there's a lot you can do there. I think especially warlocks are especially suited to a more hive magic class, like a poison class, so to speak. They're, they're the sorcerers, right? Like they match up with the wizards. Um, Titans obviously evoke some of the knights. Um, I think it would be cool for Titans if they add like, uh, if their super was like a hive sword that you conjured and you could do, you just like inflict like pools of poison damage across. Or like when you go to do a slam attack, uh, similar to how you would throw the shield um, in the Sentinel Shield class. Like if you slam your sword down and it just creates like this straight line of poison for like 30 meters. Yeah, uh, that, would, that would be really cool to see how that would change, uh, how that would change even Iron Banner and control matches, right. how that would change ad clear uh, for hunters. I think it becomes a little bit more difficult because we already have a bow class, right? Right. Uh, we already have uh, the Shadow Stalker. Um, I think you would probably have to embrace a bow of some kind or like even like rework. I don't know. Like, so with hunters, when you do Blade Barrage, you have the melee where you throw the three knives you throw the fan of knives what if that was a super you could like pour like that you tweaked that to be the melee for a poison class you threw them in there poison darts mm -hmm. they did damage over time much like those uh individual solar blades do when mm -hmm. they hit obviously the closer you closer range you do it and the more you could hit on one target the more damage it'll do yeah but like it's it stacks or something like similar to blade of woe like oh we're gonna <clears> stack like poison damage times three or something right um some of these new i don't i'm not really up on the new void terminology yet but even if that was like a subsection of like the void classes i think this could be a really cool approach i would still like to see at least um and this is where i'm going to sound a little greedy i'd like to see two more darkness classes for each character for each for hunter warlock and titan because you have stasis i'd like to see a poison and then something else I, I don't know what else you could do um because yeah. the, the poison would be like kind of like poison high magic necrotic uh things like that right kind of like you could make, you can kind of make a pseudo build of a poison class out of using thorn with necrotic grips right um uh, and doing some of the stasis stuff um god i don't know like maybe when a warlock casts their rifts or their rift down or their well or something when you wander into it um you get damaged, you know, or wherever you run, uh, you're leaving little pools of poison behind you that affect enemies. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I, that could make for some really strategic decisions. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think there's a lot. And I think it's ironic because I think the hunter is the hardest one to figure out because we've already used a bow. Otherwise, I would say, oh, bow is just a no-brainer. Look, coming from a titan who's three of their supers are essentially the same thing. I think. I <laughs> well, and we've already used poison. We've already used knives too, which that would be yeah. my other suggestion. Yeah. You know, like an assassin class. Um, mm -hmm. But we basically have that in Night Stalker. So I, I think Hunter is definitely the most difficult one to figure out. But Corey, what do you think about 
the possibility of there be, if there was a poison class what would you like to see oh i think i think a titan with a like one of the knight sword like the sword knights like one of their swords that you know like it would almost be like the the two-handed hammer almost in the solar class where you slam it down and it mm-hmm. you know has either a poison trail or like just yeah, these, like yeah, the yeah. little that's, uh, that's kind of what i was thinking is uh follow it like big hammer you can swing it in a circle or you can slam it on the ground yeah or like you know you could you could almost have something that you could throw too like the like the tiny hammer or you could you know leave uh i don't I don't know. You could almost make it more of like a defensive thing too, like a big, like a bubble, like, you know how like the bubble protects you almost like a, like you were saying with the warlock, uh, well, right. But you could almost do something like that with the Titan too, with a bubble or like, uh, some sort of, I guess, wall or like the grenade, like a, like the stasis grenade, right. That makes the wall for the Titan. You could almost, you could almost do like a poison wall that, maybe you don't hide behind, but it like slows enemies down or they have to reroute. Right. Uh, yeah. Because if maybe they run it, like makes it, a full circle around you or something, yeah. uh, like it only defends you on that front side, but on the other side, it's like maybe like poison, like spreads out like mm-hmm. for five to 10 seconds or something. Yeah. Or like, you know, it could, if, if they obviously, if they run through it, it would like damage them over time. And maybe if you run yeah, through yeah. it instead of like, like close to it, maybe if you get too close to it, you get a little bit. But if you run through it, it like it's quicker or something. Um, so that's what I would like to see. Uh, Warlock, you could almost do like the, their version of like an acolyte eye, almost too. That shoots, I, shoots I'd a little like poison to see darts. that, like in lieu of a grenade, like uh-huh. consume your grenade. So like we have the stasis turrets, um, throw an acolyte's eye out. I mm-hmm. agree. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you're right, though. I think the hunter is, like, the hardest. It would almost have to be, like... So, a... the, the only thing I can really think is, for the hunter, um, I think at least in terms of, like, an ability, maybe as their grenade, you throw... So, you throw a more powerful version of the smoke bomb from the Night Stalker class. Yeah. And it's it acts like the, uh, the poison cloud from Hive Wizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do that. But I, I, I do think like that that to me that becomes the crux issue is what do you do that's different from Night Stalker? Because our void abilities are built so much around like invisibility, around like rapid sprinting inside the supers, uh, from a bow, from knives, invisibility, um, smoke bombs, etc. Like things that I would all think would be part of this class. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that if it wasn't already used, Spectral Blades would be the perfect super here. Mm-hmm. But maybe, oh, maybe you don't kill something, but you do damage over time with them if you if it's not weak enough to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you're able to chuck those knives as, you know, poison knives or poison, like I, like I said, you know, with the poison darts. I mean, um, they, you could almost do the do what, like, the Titan Shield does, right? Like, you could, like, if, if enemies are close, you use a melee-type ability, but if they're far, you can throw them or something, right? And then it's on a timer. That would be really cool. I would really like that. Uh-huh. Like run around like checking them like oh not like the shurikens but almost like throwing the uh, the kunai in Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see like almost a more samurai build, mm-hmm. um, like a samurai assassin, almost an Assassin's Creed style thing for um, for hunters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, cool. but we do have we do have one more uh, theory to talk about from Blade. Uh, 
Theory number two, Savathun will be a callous type character where they aren't with us or against us. And with that, she will find the new darkness class and maybe Eris will learn it and teach it to us like Elsie did. Um, I don't know so much about Savathun finding the new darkness class. Um, I think that would be treading water that we've already tread before, especially when I think that's the one narrative that didn't really hit in Beyond Light. Yeah. It was so cool in the trailers and that was about it. Yeah. Um, I was actually really bummed that we didn't interact more with, especially with Eris. After all the setup in Shadowkeep, Eris was kind of like just tossed aside. Right. I mean, I feel um, like after after that original campaign, like all those characters were, you know, <laughs> dropped almost. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we we really didn't interact with them too too much. I mean, come on, we're we're sixteen months later. We're still trying to find out what happened to Elsie's little fish thing. Right. So. Still upset that I can't get a little Vex fish in the Eververse. I yeah. would pay 10 bucks for that bungee. Come you on. are literally losing money. It's got to have right something now. to do with, like, what, Lightfall probably we'll find out. Lightfall or with the Hive Ghosts or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, as for her being a callus. Maybe that's the key to how they unlock the light. Elsie figured it out and they steal that tech from uh, Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I Again, like, I'm... We're just as in the dark as everybody else right now. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't want traffic and leaks too much. Um, I did stay away from most of the stuff involving Sabathun, but going off what we know in-game about Sabathun right now, um, I think she's trying to position herself as a callous type figure, mm-hmm. but obviously her going against what anybody wanted. And, I mean, she, she has directly assaulted the city a couple of times now. She's caught a strife within the city. She's driven Crow away from Mara, which I feels very very obvious what she's trying to do here she's trying to fracture the few relationships that still exist right and weaken everybody she's obviously still feeding on some of the power from the dreaming city we just don't know how yet i don't believe for a second that she can't control the taken um yeah. i think that that's all a ruse um, that, oh only zivu wrath can do that now if that's true and zivu wrath is the only one who can command them okay i think it would be a big letdown to not kill Sabathun in the Witch Queen, especially after she seemingly gets the light somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know how that's going to happen. Uh, I'm very curious to figure, and I'm surely that's going to be the end of season event. Um, we'll be tied to that in some regard. You don't think it's going to happen <sighs> in the raid? Oh God, dude, I hope it doesn't happen in the raid. So if we kill her, like, I, I or do you think and, we're going to kill I mean, Zivu Arat? What if Zivu Arath I mean, is the, the bo- raid boss? If we kill Zivu Arath in the raid instead of Savathun, I don't want to say I'd be disappointed because, I, again, I'm a big proponent of letting things play out. I want to see what the story reason would be, but I think that would be such a letdown for a lot of us. Yeah. Savathun has been built up more than any other villain in Destiny history. She's the most cunning adversary we've ever faced. She's the most dangerous adversary we've ever faced. Um, she's literally the hive god of trickery. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a reason why she's been built up for so long. I mean, even going back to The Taken King is the first time we found out about her when we read the Books of Sorrow. Mm-hmm. She's been built up steadily ever since, you know, whether it's Sabathun's song, when that gets introduced with, as the big shrieker in the Red War campaign, you know, Sabathun's legions, you know, she's behind the events of Forsaken, ultimately. Right. You know, she instigates the events of Shadowkeep. She's 
not really behind Beyond Light, but she is behind what happens in Season of the Hunt, ultimately. Like, Sabathun's been interfering from things for years. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have to give that the proper conclusion, and I do think it comes in the Witch Queen. Um, if they don't kill her off, I, I trust the story group, if you don't kill her off. If you save that raid, maybe for the Lightfall one. I mean, but... I feel like... I feel like we're not going to kill Sabathun. I feel like she's going to get caught by whoever's chasing her, and they're going to kill yeah, her. Yeah, that's the other thing I was going to bring up, is what if we're doing the raid and we're chasing Sabathun into her throne world? What if Zivu Arath gets in there and kills Sabathun, and then we fight Zivu Arath? Yeah. Also, I think, would just be a very strange turn of events. Like, I, I do feel like the Guardian and Crow have to be the ones to take her down. Yeah, um, I do, and I like. I mean, hey, we we've talked in the in the past about a power fantasy. Like, what if you know, uh, you you have Crow, Saint has a reason to take her down. Mara has a reason. Uh, Petra, obviously, you know, like we, there's like you could basically make a raid make a raid scene just out of the NPCs at this point to have a reason to kill her. Ikora, Eris, um, and then there's always the thing in the back of my mind when we think about the dark future. And how she took over Eris's body to attack the city. Mm-hmm. And how she didn't take Eris over this time, she took Osiris over. Um, and didn't attack the city for whatever reason. So history has already changed. We've already deviated off. Think think if that if time was a consistent line there where no matter what else he did, we still resulted in that future. We have now eschewed off of that. Mm-hmm. We have eschewed off that by defeating Aramis, by stopping Tanix by Savathun revealing herself. We have gone so far off of that path now. Elsie has no idea where we're going now. There's a reason why she hasn't had any dialogue in a season or two. Right. She has no idea what's happening now. She has never been down this pathway before. Right. Uh, something something big is going to happen, though. I, I have for a little while thought maybe Savathun isn't the villain of the raid. Uh, maybe she is the boss in Lightfall. Maybe she's a raid boss then. Like, okay, our alliance with you has run its course, it's served its purpose, you got to die now for all the things you've done. Mm-hmm. If that happens, then like maybe we pursue her in here and she doesn't get killed, but she flees, and we mm-hmm. end up having to fight to pursue her. I wonder if she um, flees. I feel like the, the entity behind the pyramids, at the latest, has got to be revealed this expansion. Yeah. Like, it's going to be like, it it's going to be an arrival. It's going to be an Arrivals style uh, season that that's revealed, right? Like leading into Lightfall. No, I think it. No, I think it's getting revealed in the Witch Queen game itself. Oh, you think so? I think so because if you introduce it going into Lightfall, you only have a year between Lightfall and the final shape. That's not enough to build up this threat, I don't think. Right now, all we see is some space Doritos in the sky. I have no reason to fear these things. I got some cool ice axes from them. They've given me some awesome <laughs> visions. I'm hated in PvP again. Like, I got ice walls. I'm freezing people. Like, I got no reason to hate the darkness right now, baby. Okay, you gave me two of my favorite uh, stays. Two of my favorite weapons have come from you now with no time to explain and... Uh, peace bond. What you call it? No time to explain and uh, peace bound. Okay, like, I have no reason to fear the darkness right now. Outside of that <laughs> bum-ass grenade launcher you gave me, I have no reason to have a beef with the darkness. Show me why I need to fear it. Show me why I need to fear it. That's what I need. To, I need the Harbinger to show up. 
because the, the tale of you know, Traveler and the Black Fleet ultimately comes back to the Harbinger and the Winnower. Mm-hmm. And I need whoever is behind the Black Fleet, who is clearly the one that's chasing Sabathun and controlling Zivu Arath at this point, mm-hmm. that Zivu Arath is scared of. And that's why she serves that master. Mm-hmm. That is the true master of the Taken. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. You know, the whole story, the whole lineage of Oryx would come to a close. I just can't see them doing three raids in a row that are predominantly Hive slash Taken. Yeah. Because you assume you have the Sabathun raid. Even if you kill Zivu Arath this time and not Sabathun, or you fight the Winnower for the first time, or not, uh, the Harbinger for the first time, mm-hmm. that's a Hive That's a hive and Taken raid. Maybe Scorn are thrown in there. I don't know. You're having the reprise of King's Fall next summer. Mm-hmm. Which, granted, that's a giant assumption, but I really don't know what else it could be at this point. I mean, even if it, it was Crota, it would sense. still be Hive. Even if it's Crota, it's still Hive. Yeah, I mean, I and I don't think they're bringing back... Sorry, sorry purists, I don't think Wrath of the Machine is coming back anytime soon. Yeah, I don't either. So, even if you do that, like... Then, is the Lightfall raid also going to be that? At that point, you've got Last Wish, you've got the Sabathun raid... You've got King's Fall, and you've got whatever comes in Lightfall as Hive slash Taken major uh, raids. All three of the dungeons currently in the game are Hive and Taken. Mm-hmm. All three. Yeah. I, I just, I cannot see the, like, quadrupling down on this. Like, I can for story reasons, but at a certain point, I, I'm, I'm already saying it now, like, Bungie, please don't do this. Mm-hmm. I know it would just be terrible for the momentum going into your final stretch of the light and dark saga. Although if you're going to do it, I expect to never see the taken or the hive ever again mm-hmm. after this. Yeah. I expect to still encounter Elixni and the cabal, even if they're just allies, mm-hmm. I expect to still be dealing with the mysteries of the Vex going forward, mm-hmm. but I don't ever want to see hive or taken ever again after the light and dark saga. If you're going to give me three raids in a row, plus probably at least one of those dungeons, right? Because I think there's so many more interesting enemy factions you could do here. Right. Even if you give us the fabled darkness race here, which I do, by the way, I do think is happening. I think that the hive using the light, I think that's a placeholder for now. Like, I do think that's actually going to happen, but I think like going forward, you're going to finally get that final race, the veil involved. Right. And I'm going far into conspiracy theory territory here, but you introduce them, you introduce the Veil as the race that serves the Winnower, maybe this, or the Harb, God, Harbinger, I gotta get these names right. Winnower is the Traveler, maybe they serve the Traveler, who knows. Um, I think you position them with the Taken, and like, the Hive is like almost their servants in a way. Mm-hmm. You position those three to kind of be like the ultimate enemies towards the end. Mm-hmm. The Vex, we do know worship the darkness. Maybe the Vex finally break free of that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the Vex help us. I do see like maybe a temporary alliance, and then the Vex are like, bingo, you're next. I mean, the Vex, the Vex are always, you know, they're always going to serve what serves them best, right? So, right. And we do, but we do know, you know, they they were birthed from the Black Garden, um, and that's that's a plot thread we've never really gotten back to. Garden of Salvation kind of tickled on that a little bit. We've never really gotten back. I feel like that that's got to be part of the end game here too, but I, I don't know. Like I, I would like to see Savathun stick around like a Callus figure. I've long thought that Callus is not actually dead. He, we just know he disappeared into the anomaly. I don't think Callus is dead by a long shot. I think when Callus comes back though, we have to fight the actual Callus, mm-hmm. which I still secretly hope is like this really shriveled up cabal 
Wizard of Oz style. <laughs> it's just like the meanest fucking scion you've ever fought. Although seeing Kaido like kind of disproves that that'll ever happen. <laughs> um, I, I would like to. I would like to take down Callus. Like, yeah. And I feel like at this point it feels pretty obvious. Like, okay, when the Harbinger is introduced, the Harbinger is probably the raid boss of the final shape. Right. But I don't know. I think that's the most exciting part about this is they they've laid breadcrumbs for us in the lore. Maybe I'll go through and do some. I do want to do a Savathun uh, bit before uh, we get into anniversary stuff. Maybe I can get that ready for before Thanksgiving. But yeah, right. I like these. Write in your write in your conspiracy theories, and we'll we'll dissect them on air. Yeah, I like it. Especially Let's the next it. couple. Seriously, weeks. it's gonna be a really slow month. I cannot emphasize this enough. I would love to like have to go full conspiracy theory. Like I'll get a whiteboard and put it behind me if I have to. I have one at work. A white. A I, I will. One. I will get. I swear to God, I will get a whiteboard out. We will meme the hell out of this. <laughs> Let's do but it. But with that, Blade, I hope we uh, talked about your theories adequately enough. Mm. I really like those. Mm. Keep keep them coming, and that goes for all of you guys. Keep them coming. We like getting mail. Mm. But we do, Corey. It's once again that time. It is. Uh, you get us on out of here. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for writing in your questions. You can tweet at us at Tower Casuals. You can find the Instagram post uh, when I make one because I didn't do it this week because I've been busy at Tower Casuals. You can even email us. You can email us if you're old school at towercasuals at gmail dot com. You can find the show every Friday on your podcast service of choice and on YouTube later that day. Josh, thank you for your time. Where can we find you? Where can you find me? Twitter. At Josh underscore Fenton. Two ends. If you follow me, beware. I'm going to talk a whole lot about Dune probably still. Great British Bake Off. We're in the thick of it now. We're getting towards the end of the season. And, uh, of course, Hawkeye starts in a couple weeks. So Ooh, Yeah, it starts on my lots birthday. Of, uh, lots of pop culture goodness over there. Hawkeye starts on my birthday, Josh. Is your birthday on Thanksgiving, Corey? No, it's the 24th. It's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Oh, damn. I actually thought it started on Thanksgiving, and I was really excited to not watch football this year. Oh, sorry, Josh. You could save an episode for Thursday. I might, since they're going to give me two. They so are. that doesn't interfere. It does not interfere with my vacation or with the Book of Boba Fett premiering. Nope. Oh, when's that premiering? Uh, Like two days after Christmas. Oh. Okay. The Wednesday after Christmas. 28th, I think. Cool. All right. 28th or 29th. All right. Well, Corey, where can we find you? You can find me at I am Corey in HD on Twitter and Instagram. I've been asked to spell it once or twice. So it is I-A-M-C-O-R-E-Y-I-N-H-D. You can also just click the link in the show notes. You can find me hosting uh, another podcast called the Boss Rush Podcast, which is just a generalized gaming and nerdy stuff. Josh has been on there a few times, so you can come check that out if you want. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you listen to us. And until next week, 